commit. I could feel the courtroom behind me and read its mind. What the hell's he doing, trying to get his client life in prison? You may be seated, Culpepper said to the courtroom. I looked over at Martino with his messy hair and the rumpled collar of his jail jumpsuit. He clenched his face in deadly determination, his stern grimace contrasting with his must appearance. He nodded to me expectantly. Mr. Heinland, have you had the opportunity to review the pre-sentence report with your client? He referred to a report prepared by a probation officer for every defendant facing a sentence hearing. Yes, Judge. Do you have any corrections you wish to make to the report? I do, Your Honor. I stood. If you'll turn to page 11, the section entitled Defendant's Version of Events, the probation officer has included a narrative of what Mr. Navarro said to him about the case. Our position is that this is not a complete and accurate version of what Mr. Navarro said to the probation officer about the case. Which part do you contest? In the second paragraph, the probation officer noted that Mr. Navarro said that he was, quote, falsely convicted by this kangaroo court and that lying little bitch, end quote. My position is that the narrative is incomplete because it does not note that Mr. Navarro was under extreme stress when he made the statement. He had just seen the psychiatrist for depression and anxiety and had threatened suicide only the day before. Now, on the proper medication, he deeply regrets his insults. The probation officer knew all of this and did not include it in the report. I will make your addition, Mr. Heinlein but it's no secret that this defendant has disdain for this court as well as for the girl he raped, and said the same during his own sworn testimony. Anything else? No, Your Honor. Does the government have any evidence to present for sentencing? Yes, Judge. The prosecutor, John Welch, stood and looked towards the back of the courtroom, nodding to a deputy by the entrance. We call Ernestine Jenkins the mother of the victim in this case, Tammy Jenkins. Welch was six foot five and a mountain of muscle. He'd spent years as a cop before law school, a fact that earned him a special kind of respect. Unlike some prosecutors, he dealt reasonably with most defendants, which gave him an extraordinary air of credibility on the rare occasion when he decided to blast somebody. Welch, as he'd explained to me many times, put criminal defendants into two basic categories. The largest category was what Welch termed the knuckleheads, Basically good people who got into trouble because they'd done something stupid. Car thieves, drug addicts, and all forms of petty criminals easily fit into the knucklehead category, which saved them from Welsh's wrath. He never tried to pull the trigger on a knucklehead. Short jail sentences and probation. The second category was bad actors. Irredeemably bad persons who preyed on society— Big drug dealers, recivitous wife-beaters, cold-blooded murderers, and, naturally, child molesters like Martino Navarro were bad actors. So Welch turned his massive frame back to face the court, and with a look of anticipation watched little Tammy's mother approach the witness stand to be sworn in. I leaned to Martino and reminded him not to say a word and to wipe away his angry scowl. The effort only made him look kind of crazy. "'State your name for the court.' Welch walked to the witness stand with a box of Kleenex as Miss Jenkins began to cry. "'Ernestine Jenkins.' "'What relation are you to Tammy Jenkins?' "'Her mother.' "'What relation are you to the defendant?' "'Unfortunately, he's still my husband, but not for long.'
she sobbed. When did you first meet the defendant? About three years ago at my church. How long after meeting him did you marry him? About six months. Can you tell the court in your own words what initially drew you to the defendant? Through her tears, she glared at Martina with such contempt that he looked away with a jerk of his head. He was crying, too. He was such a nice man. He had a good job at a pharmacy and spent so much of his time working with the youth group at the church. I believed he was one of the kindest men I'd ever met. During the time you dated the defendant, but before you married him, did he ever tell you that he had been convicted of aggravated sexual battery? Objection, Your Honor. I jumped to the podium. We should have some context. The aggravated sexual battery conviction was more than 30 years ago, when Mr. Navarro was 17 years old. It doesn't even show up on his record because he was a juvenile at the time.